0: Hello and welcome back to QC Uncut, Uncut, Unedited, Uncensored Conversation with local newsmakers, with me, your guest, or not your guest, your host, Sean Leary. Damn it. Jeez. (laughs) It's November 4th. We're all a frazzle. The day after Election Day, we're waiting to see who's going to be the next president of the United States. And also, uh, today, a bunch of uh, mandates came down from Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, which kind of throw things into a tizzy for local businesses, and I have a a lot of friends who own local businesses who are being negatively impacted by this. Um, Obviously, there's COVID mitigation that needs to be done, but it also is very hard on businesses, and when the federal government has not stepped in to help out with a COVID uh, relief package, um, that makes it extremely difficult for businesses to stay afloat and for workers to also maintain a decent living as well. Um, My guest today is one of those folks who has been negatively impacted by this. It's Brett Hitchcock. He is the co-owner and uh, manager of Circa 21, as well as the Speakeasy in downtown Rock Island. He and his father, Denny Hitchcock, um, have been running Circa for a number of decades. Denny started it in 1976, isn't it, Brett? 76? 76. 11th of 1977. Oh, 77, okay. Yeah. Um and you know, it, again, these guys are pure entrepreneurs. This isn't a case of uh, you know, their their parents have a lot of money and so they're looking for something to do and uh, they took some of their parents' money or their family's money to go off and, you know, form a business. These guys are middle-class guys. They're the American dream. They're the people that politicians love to talk about but very rarely love to help. And, um, you know, they're having a hard time now. So we're going to talk to them a little bit about that. Brett, thanks a lot for being on the show.
1: John, Sean, thanks for inviting me back.
0: Happy to be here. Now, um, let's get right to it. Um, J.B. Pritzker came down. Obviously, COVID numbers are going up. I mean, you can't deny the fact that the COVID numbers are spiking. And um, I, I think it's it's within... Pritzker's uh, milieu to do something about the spiking numbers. However, it's a really sticky wicket. It's it's tough, you know, trying to make what calls are gonna are gonna work and what aren't gonna work. Tell me what's going on with you guys at Circa and the Speakeasy.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a very difficult situation. Um, you know, I think that. You know, we could see the handwriting on the wall a few weeks ago, you know, as you started seeing in the news and, uh, you know, about, you know, the number of different zones that that Illinois has been divided up into and that uh, you know, basically every zone with the exception of ours and of course our zone stretches from Peoria you know, up through Rock Island and I think a little bit north of here as well and a little bit out to the east uh, but you could, you know, the handwriting was kind of on the wall for us as you could see all the rest of the zones, you know, whether it was Cook County and the surrounding counties there, the southern part of the state, uh, everybody was getting rolled back and uh at the same time you could see our numbers on the uptick as well um so you know unfortunately we kind of knew that this was going to be forthcoming um you know we were closed for six months beginning in march and uh we're able to open in september uh with our run of savannah shipping society and you know the this is never an easy thing but you know as we were looking at this over the last couple of weeks we had two shows uh, that were running concurrently we had Savannah Sipping Society at Circa 21 and we had the Rocky Horror Show in the speakeasy and really as we were looking at this it was like Goodness gracious! Whatever we got to do, we got to be able to close both of these shows and not have to stop early, because you know we would have thousands and thousands of dollars in refunds or credits that we would have to offer people had we not been able to finish. And uh, you know, luckily, Rocky Horror ended last uh, Saturday, uh, so we made it through that. Uh, even though we had two COVID scares the last week of the run, we lost our uh, our Brad Majors, uh, who's one of the main adult characters. Uh, we had a, a gentleman that was a student at uh, Saint Ambrose that was doing it for us, doing a great job. Um, He had come in contact with several different people within a week that had had it and was waiting back for his test. So we lost him last Wednesday uh, and we were able to um, quickly replace who did the same role for us last year uh, and ethan did a phenomenal job for us in the last weekend um, we had his put-in rehearsal scheduled thursday night with our stage manager thursday afternoon i got a call we lost our stage manager she had come in contact so we lost her as well and uh so we had to scurry around to find a replacement for her and luckily a Our former resident stage manager at Circa was able to step in, Heather Hoskins, and helped us finish out uh, the run of that show. Saturday night at Circa, we lost our sound engineer for Savannah Sipping Society, Mason Moss, uh, tested uh, what came down, and so we had to, uh, we had to find another sound engineer. So, you know, we're looking at all of these things, Sean, and saying, you know, are we gonna be able to squeak by um, and get these shows closed. And so, you know, when the mandate came down over the weekend, of course, it was all it was leaked all over the place. I and mean, we knew about it the end of last week that it was forthcoming on Monday. We just didn't know for sure at that point which day it was going to happen. But, you know, we were looking at it and saying, you know, geez, we're not going to be able to get through Savannah, which was really disappointing. And so we were in the process of really trying to shuffle around performances. And, and we normally do shows on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. And we put two shows in yesterday on Tuesday, in the hopes that you know we could get as many people in before we had to close. Uh, luckily. Uh, At the 11th hour, we got permission from Springfield um, and uh, one of the offices that works with the governor uh, to give us special permission to stay open through this Saturday. So we will be able to finish out our run of Savannah Sipping Society on Saturday night, and then we'll we'll, uh, be closed after that. Uh, We also have a drag show, our monthly drag show, Viva La Divas and the Speakeasy on Friday night, and we'll be able to do that show as well. Uh, and then we will be closed um, starting after that show Friday night. The Speakeasy will close until further notice. Um, as will Circa. So as we were as we were looking at this with Circa, we had just gone into rehearsals um, with our holiday show, which which is uh, called Winter Wonderland. And it's a just a wonderfully charming musical that Brad Hoskins, who's one of our longtime bootleggers and also actor and performer and director, uh, wrote the show, and it was just a really fun, little charming piece. And so we were really looking forward to getting that up. Um, but as we looked at the situation of, you know, who knows how long we're going to be shut down at this point. Right. You know, what you what you hear is a minimum of two weeks, uh, potentially longer. And you know, unlike a restaurant you know, we're, we're totally different in the sense that, you know, people have reservations with us, you know, a year in advance. And, uh, you know, as we looked at our sales, and, and granted we were on a reduced capacity, you know, normally we see 334 at circa, I think we were, we were somewhere between 50 and 60 was our capacity. So, you know, we were already sold out for Fridays and Saturdays for the entire run of that Christmas show. And, you know, Going and looking at it and and saying, okay, well, if the governor just closes for two weeks, you know, do we then go back and the people that missed the show for the two weeks, you know, trying to reschedule them and get them back in? And of course, for a lot of people with their schedules, uh, Fridays and Saturday nights are are preferable, but we couldn't put anybody in because we're already sold out for the rest of the run. So we made the very difficult decision to basically close the holiday season and so what that means is that we will be closed november december uh which is a tough tough pill to swallow because that has um since we've opened in 1977 has been probably it's our busiest two months of the year
0: yep I feel I feel you, Brett. That's uh, I I can't do book signings either, and that I always make the majority of my money uh, from book signings and book sales in November, October, November, and December. People, especially in December, so I'm I'm right there with you, and I know a lot of other creative folks are as well who make a lot of money around the holiday season. Yeah, and so
1: that was that was an extremely difficult pill to swallow, but we thought, you know what, you know, in the best interest of our staff and keeping our staff healthy, keeping our guests healthy, um, and, and just the, the, you know the unbelievable challenge of you know if we didn't do it this way, and we tried to reopen you know Thanksgiving weekend if that's when the governor opens this, and then you know two days later an actor could have contact with COVID or could become COVID positive, we don't have understudies for these shows, and then we're closed for two weeks right away again, mm-hmm. and so it just it the the, the, um, the cons outweighed uh, the pros as far as trying to, to you know roll along here. We just said let's just. Let's just close. We'll come back mid-January. Hopefully at that point, you know, um, it will be more under control around here again. Our numbers will have dropped and we will be able to
0: open and God willing, we'll be able to open uninterrupted for the rest of 2021. Yeah, Uh,
1: Because we are we're pushing eight out of the 12 months we were closed this year. We were closed for six months, beginning in, in March. Uh, we opened early September, and we're open until you know Saturday, and then we're closed November, December again. So it's uh, it's been an incredibly challenging year, but we know that you know it's not just us. You know, it's every small business around here. It's all of our all of our friends in the theater, you know, in the theater world in the Quad Cities, which has got such an amazing group of theaters. I think you know, other than Laura Adams, um, downtown Moline. Uh, who's been doing some stuff now and now is forced to close as well. I think everybody else has kind of hung up, you know, just hung it up earlier yeah. in the year. You know, our friends at Music Guild, Playcrafters, Richmond Hill, um, the uh, Spotlight. I think everybody just decided to to hang it up and, and we decided to push forward. And I'm glad that we did. We don't regret it. Um, but it's just uh, it causes a lot of challenges. And, you know, especially this this time of year, I mean, we're keeping everybody on. We're keeping all of the current employees on until the 15th. Uh, we've got a lot of things that still need to be done around here, cleaning, preparation, stuff to get ready for reopening in January. But, you know, to go from the time of year that's usually financially the most beneficial for all these folks to basically laying them off again and having to go back on unemployment for the holiday season is uh, it, its a really rough thing. I mean, it keeps us up at night. You know, you've constantly got a pit in your stomach, you are know, just feeling so bad for them. Um, and, you know, this is the part of, the, the part of it that really sucks. And uh, so, but we also don't have any choice. Right. You know, we can't, uh, you know, we, we can't stay open and have somebody come in contact with it and we're closed for two weeks again. And it just doesn't, it would just, it would be, it would just make things even more, it would make it worse and more complicated.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's I, I, I again. I feel you, um, and I know a lot of lot, a lot, a lot of people I've been in contact with. I know who are in the theater community and the business community. Um, they're really hurting right now, um, and you know, uh, you look at. And people have almost forgotten. I mean, the fact that, like, the tax layer has been closed almost the entire year. Um, and that's a lot of people out of work. Um, when's the last time the River Bandits had a game? I mean, it's been like two or three years since the River Bandits had a game. Well, they were, I don't think
1: they were very operational last year either. Because no, because of the flood. I mean, they basically lost all last year. They lost this yeah. entire year. So.
0: And the year before that, they had, they had flood issues too. Yeah. Yep. So it's been three seasons in a row that the River Bandits have have basically not had a season or, or barely had anything of a season, and so. Yeah. You know, same thing with the Quad City Storm, our friends there. Um and uh, you know, the the steam wheelers and, and there's a whole lot of like you mentioned, every theater now in town. The last two that were kind of remaining open were you guys and Black Box and Spotlight was doing some stuff too. But uh but yeah, I mean now everybody's gone and um and it, it's just what I, I don't think people recognize is what a financial hit this is to communities because you've got all these people that are laid off uh you've got all this 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 uh, tax revenue that's not coming in there's no sales tax revenue coming in it's been devastating this year and so when the bill comes due next year um we might be looking at some again and i I hope I don't even know if I want to say this out loud, <laughs> but i don't because I don 't want tax increases, but you know we, we don't have any sales tax revenue coming in in the state and and that's why it's been it's been so important. And I know I've been you know, really kind of getting on the soapbox on, on QuadCities.com about this. The federal government needs to pass a stimulus, and it needs to be an open-ended stimulus that allows for businesses to get relief, that allows for workers to get relief, that allows these uh, you know, companies and, and businesses such as your own and the employees to become whole so that they can continue on throughout this pandemic. Which we, again, we don't know when it's going to end. We, it's it's got to be open-ended. You can't just give people one check or say, okay, for six weeks you're going to get extra unemployment or the businesses can have one PP loan or something. No, it's got to be something that's ongoing because we don't – this isn't a limited thing. You, you, we don't know what is going to happen. You don't know how far into 2021 this is going to continue. And, and, it, and nobody does because it's a virus. It's completely unpredictable, and we don't know how people in areas are going to be impacted. So, so I crucial. I think you make some very good points. I think, you know,
1: for us, I think, you know, a start from the federal government would be to make the payroll protection program completely forgivable yeah instead of having these stipulations where you have to spend so much of it if you don't spend it in a certain amount of time you know then it then it turns into a low interest loan that you have to pay back those are the kinds of things where the feds just need to say listen the whole thing is forgivable you know we understand because it's we're going to need that that program is going to need to get reloaded and i think they were working on that i thought i heard and and, you know people are going to need another round of that
0: yeah and it's not even—it's not only businesses. The municipalities are going to need help. Yes, yes.
1: And you know, I was talking with uh, with Mayor Tomes recently, our, our mayor here in Rock Island, yeah. and Alderman Dylan Parker, who's our alderman for the downtown area. And you know, I know that the city, you know, was. Um, was passing budgets that you know were, were hard budgets to swallow to begin with, and now you know you're taking significantly less money coming in than what they thought they were, you know, than what they had approved in the budget anyway, which was which was kind of at a deficit, you know, and 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 you know, so it's not just. It's not just the small businesses that need help. I mean, the municipalities need help because they're having to help all the small businesses. And as you mentioned before, it's just the sales tax is just dried up.
0: Yeah. Well, and the the workers too. You know, think about it. You know, how many people I know that work for you guys, that work for Circa, that work for the Tax Slayer? A lot of my friends work for entertainment venues. You know, I even have friends that work for Disney and stuff. And they keep on getting they're laid off they go out on unemployment then they come back they lose their unemployment cuz they come back now they're laid off again so now they've got to apply for unemployment again and unemployment does not cover your entire you know amount that you make and so that's very it's very very difficult and you know the thing is is and i think that this is something that needs to be addressed people look down upon those who are having to collect unemployment and get these these programs from the government and I think that that is is a, a complete misconception and it is um, it's reprehensible when people look down upon others who have not had the same fortune and privilege that they have and the, the the fact of the matter is when you work from the time you start working and I remember this quite clearly looking at my paycheck and going what the heck is FICA, and why is this being taken out of my paycheck? You know, yeah, absolutely. And that's what FICA is. You're you are getting, in essence, when you go on unemployment, when you have to receive benefits because you're undergoing a hardship, you are collecting money. You're getting money back that you've been paying to the federal government for years. I mean, so many people have been working for years, for decades, pumping money into FICA, pumping money into the system. And maybe this is the first time they've ever needed it. But that's why you do that. That's why you have that federal government there. That's why you give the money out of your paycheck so that when you do undergo these, uh, these hardships, you have those programs there to help you out.
1: And I like to you know. Shame on anybody this year that is that is making those that have had to file for unemployment feel bad. Shame on them because yeah. you know this is unlike anything that anyone has experienced in our lifetime. You know, unless you're you know back to 1919 or whatever it was that the last one happened, which is hardly anybody left from that period of time. I mean, nobody has gone through this before. Right. So you know, and then no one, you know, so shame on them if they're if they're out shaming people or, or talking negative about those that have had to have had to go on on unemployment and you know the the other issue is you know we hear from a lot of our employees is that you know with that with that additional six hundred dollars ending you know, they were, you know, for a lot of people, what they were just making—the portion of what their normal pay is, which is which 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 is what you get on unemployment—right, simply isn't enough right now. I right, mean, they can't make ends meet. They can't pay their rent. They can't buy food. They can't do this. And and you know, that's why I think that was so important too—to have the extra money um, so people were able to to still live. And you know, we didn't, you know, they weren't you know losing their cars, or they weren't losing their apartments, or losing their houses, or things like that. And um, um, it's just. It's just a pretty awful situation all the way around.
0: Well, it's interesting. We were talking about, and again, uh, we're having this conversation. It's about 4.15 on uh, Wednesday, November 4th. Um, as of now, the presidential election has not been called for Joe Biden or for for Donald Trump. We don't know who the, the president's going to be. Um, but uh, I I think this harkens back to like 2008 when there was a major recession and and um i think what Biden, if biden is indeed the the next president and if you know if it remains trump trump should learn lessons from this as well back in 2008 they there needed to be more of um an effort to help small, like actual small businesses and in, and people in the middle class, the working class. And I think that that's going to have to be done this time. Instead of giving money to Wall Street, instead of giving money to big corporations like Walmart and all, Amazon and all these other places that are already making money hand over fist, there needs to be a loan forgiveness program there needs to be more you know unemployment um there needs to be you know greater benefits for people who are hard-working people who are Good people who have found themselves in unfortunate circumstances that are completely and totally out of their control in a situation overarching that is completely and totally out of all of our control and so I think that they need to they need to recognize that and they need to take action and decisive action and big action to make to help these people out to help the small businesses out
1: to respecting one another. And I honestly, I don't give a shit who you're talking about, who wins the election. I mean, whoever it is, that person has got to has got to work with members of the House and yeah. members of the Senate to get things passed. It just can't be, you know, this, this this awful situation that we're in now, which is just stopping some of this other aid from going through. I mean, right. whether it, whether it's President Trump or whether you know Vice President Biden is elected, and whether it's Mitch McConnell or or uh, Nancy Pelosi. I mean, uh, enough of this. Bickering back and
0: forth yes, and, I agree. and enough
1: of this bullshit and they've got to come together, they've got to be civil to one another and we've got to make this work.
0: Right. I agree with you 100%. That's why I have said and I will continue to say I do not think there should be any political parties. I think all political parties should be banned and I think people should have to run on their own individual programs and their own individual character instead of constantly people going in and oh I'm either voting D or I'm voting R. That's it. No, there should be no none of that. You should vote for people based upon their record, based upon the type of people they are, based upon what their their platforms are and how those platforms can help you the working the working person who is uh paying their taxes and whose taxes are paying these people's salaries they are public servants they are not an elite who are here to lord over the rest of us they are our employees and it's about damn time they recognize that and started acting like it
1: yeah they've got it they've got to work together and, and this and you know that what's happening in washington is just kind of spreading throughout the whole country and it's just a really sad thing and that's what you see now where there's just you know people are just drawing their lines in the sand and it's just so bitter and you know we didn't
0: used to be like that no you know, we've no. had we've had republican presidents that have worked with both sides
1: we've had democratic presidents that have worked with both sides and and you know and and we've gotten things done now has it always been pretty no but i mean the the the, the that we're in now is just really unlike anything that that I can ever remember. I mean, it's, um, and we've just, we've got to get back to that. You know, again, I don't care who, who is elected ultimately. I mean, it's whoever, whomever, whichever one of those two it is, has got to work, you know, together. They've got to work with the other party and they've got to get some stuff done and we've got, we've got to come together or, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. So, um,
0: yeah
1: and it's a it's a scary thing and uh, it's a very scary thing especially for small businesses and and you know people that are pouring their their life savings and their heart and soul into these businesses to get them up and get them going and you know i think you're seeing now a lot more stories here in the last few days about people that are are just going to throw caution to the wind and say you know okay i understand the governor has has sent down these edicts and that they want us to close but i can't i can't afford to do right. it I mean, I've got if I if I close my doors for and I'm just you know another two months or three months or you know four months whatever it is, I'm
0: not going to be back. Right, right. I mean, if I
1: do this now, my doors are closed, and so I I feel you know I feel for those people
0: right. that are taking a chance because you don't
1: know what's going to happen. You know, we've heard lots of different stories about you know whether you know the whether the state police would come through and then there would be letters simply or if it would or it'd be fines or, you know, I think God forbid, the worst thing would be if they did something with your liquor license. Right. You know, and then and, and trying to do that. But I mean, it's, um, you know, some of these people after after being closed for so long in the year are just in an impossible situation and our hearts go out to them. And we understand, you know, what you're going through. Luckily, you know, we've had We've had a pretty good run the last few years, and so we had some resources available. Um, now, of course, a lot of that has been used up, and uh, uh, but luckily we were able to get the PPV program and, and uh, the Gas and Electric Credit Union here in Rock Island. There was a grant that we got from them, and there's been you know some people that have just written us checks. So, I mean, we've, we've, we, have, we have seen the best of this community um, and, and coming through and supporting us, and I'm sure it's not just us, it's everybody, and that's what we need to do. That's what we got to get back to. And we need everybody working together, you know, pulling in the same direction, you know, to get all of us out of this.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, President Kanye West is the man to do that, Brett. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> so... Anything else that you'd like to add that we haven't touched upon in regard to this? I know you guys were looking at appealing um, this decision. Uh, was that appeal solely to be able to operate through Saturday, or is that something that you were looking at You know, in regard to a bigger picture on things?
1: Yeah, th- this was really, it was really the first appeal, which was back in the spring, was basically to reclassify us as a restaurant. And that is because they're there is there are only one or two maybe not even that many of businesses like ours in the state of illinois you know where we have we have a theater, but we also have a restaurant and half of our ticket price is the restaurant and half is the show i mean that was established in 1977 you know, by the uh, by the state of Illinois when Denny opened, and so you know we've been doing that for a long time. You know, our liquor license in Rock Island is a restaurant liquor license, so I mean we've basically been kind of classified that on the city level. Uh, but when we did a when we did ask for that reclassification from Springfield uh, earlier this year, our first. Um, request was denied and uh what they came back with was that they have decided that they are keeping all theaters together in one category which means that they're classifying us the same as the adler or you know as musical to play crafters or as the I wireless i'm sorry tax player um you know where you know you're going in and watching shows but you don't have food i mean it's not it's not part of what ticket price is like unlike we are or lime am like we are and so we really thought that was unfair and uh, but we can you know continue to go and then we just filed again uh we, we sent down paperwork again this time with um with the support of all of our state legislatures you know whether you know and we, we had we had wonderful folks on both sides both republicans and democrats that sent really really nice letters and support for us um and uh you know on the national level i know that uh uh, Congressman Bustos, Congresswoman Bustos was going to call the governor's office on our behalf and uh, plead for us to be reclassified. And and what that would do, Sean, ultimately was allow us to open up at 50%. Right. Instead of being stuck between somewhere at 50 and 60 in a, in a theater that seats 334 with 5,000 square feet on the main level. You know, we have gone so far beyond where the CDC and the state requires as far as keeping people safe, both employees and customers that we felt like you know there's there's no reason why we why we shouldn't be able to do this and of course the first one was denied as i mentioned we've just sent down another request uh, with a lot more letters of support so it's our hope if everything would fall into place the way we'd like it that we would reopen in january by then we would hear back from springfield Hopefully, with our approval, to be reclassified as a restaurant and thus being able being able to open at fifty percent. Uh, with the play that goes wrong, which is our comedy that opens in January. Mm.
0: Well, let's. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's the, that's where everybody's at right now. Is you know I I hope I wish you the best, and I I hope that that all works out. And um, but right now, I, I think all of us are kind of in that. I I saw this coming. Uh, uh, about a month month and a half ago i said i just got i've just got a feeling that this is an echo of march where we started to see the numbers go up the numbers in europe going up and it was always europe that was getting hit first and closing up first, and once the UK closed, it just seemed like, okay, we're headed for the same thing that we were doing in March. And plus, as I've as I've reported here on com, people are starting to hoard toilet paper and all that other kind of stuff again. It just seems like we're going through a replay of what happened in the spring, and I'm just hoping that, again, whoever is in the White House, whoever is in Congress, I hope that they recognize the fact that the things that they did in the spring were not adequate and they learn from those mistakes and they're able to do things differently here in the fall to help people out
1: that's certainly our hope as well so um, one thing I would like to mention, to that even though we are not going to be open, um, we are still selling gift certificates, um, which you know has always been a, 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 a nice supplemental income for us over the holidays. You mm-hmm. know, above and beyond the dinner and show tickets of people coming in for that. So, we are still selling those. Uh, we would certainly appreciate anyone that uh, that would consider buying one of those for you know either themselves or family or friends for the holiday season. Um, they're available on our website, which is circa twenty one You also are able to buy um, season tickets as well. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the season tickets and and with the Christmas show. And I think one thing I neglected to mention was that the people that bought these season tickets that were to start with the Christmas show and end with with the comedy in the fall we basically have just taken the Christmas show and moved it to next November and December. Uh-huh. So the current season ticket holders are not losing anything. So they're just, instead of seeing it this November, they're going to see it next November. They have still bought the show. So, I mean, our season tickets are still a, a great gift. I mean, it's the biggest savings that we offer for dinner and show over the course of a year. Um, so if you're looking for a gift, uh, please give the gift of entertainment and uh, and shop local.
0: One other thing. Um, are you guys looking at doing any virtual shows or anything like that i know that that's obviously something that's an option and a lot of theaters have branched out into doing things more online live streams things of that nature i know with royalties um, that can be problematic but if you have a show that's been locally written you don't have to worry as much about the royalties and dramatists and what have you so is that something that um you know you you're looking at potentially doing
1: we looked at it and You know, we have done a number of those kinds of things uh, in the speakeasy. Uh, We have not done as many of them over at Circa for the very reason that you just said, because these big shows that we do that are controlled by companies in New York uh, oftentimes are not willing to let you do that and then broadcast that over you know, the internet or or tape it and sell copies of it or anything like that, just that's against federal law, so we cannot do that. Um, When looking at the possibility of doing something like that for Winter Wonderland, the, the big issue is currently we have a building in Davenport uh, that we own where all of our sets are built mm-hmm. and where most of the rehearsals happen for the shows before they're moved over here to Circa. So there is a there's quite a cost factor involved with, for example, removing the current set that we have in there for Savannah Sipping Society and taking that away and then moving deconstructing, the set, which is already set up at our building in Davenport, deconstructing that, putting it in a truck, driving it over here, setting it up, and then still working on the lighting side of that, you know, making sure that we have, you know, stage lights and everything else are in the right spots to be able to do it. The cost factor in that uh, we felt like probably wasn't going to be worthwhile mm-hmm. in this particular case.
0: Now, what the... I mean.
1: Is something we absolutely discuss, but we just don't think that you know by the time you, you're talking about several thousand dollars probably in order to get all that to happen, right. and you know, then you have the ROI, you know, right. and it's and it's a total crapshoot. Uh, you know, or would you be able to sell enough of those, you know, the copy a uh, viewing of the show in order to make up for that, you know, to cover the cost, and then hopefully, you know, to make a little bit of money as well? And that's you just don't know. I mean, the, right. the things that we've done at the speakeasy. Um, you know, some of them have been five or six views is all we've sold. Some of them have been up in the twenty-five to thirty.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but again, you know. It, it Everything is on a much smaller scale and much easier to do those kinds of things in the speakeasy as opposed to a major production, you know, next door in Circa. And so uh, when it came down to it, we were just concerned that the ROI wasn't going to be there.
0: Had, had you thought, given the fact that Iowa does not have these restrictions as of yet, have you thought about doing any shows over in Iowa, either in the property you own or in any other properties? Well, the problem- for
1: all of about 10 seconds because it's essentially a huge pole barn uh-huh. is what it is and so while it is heated you know it's a shop right you know and so it doesn't have the ambiance it doesn't have the lighting I mean, our lighting over there are these just these big enormous you know led lights that are on the roof of the building and so there really is nothing there that would you know that that would work for theatrical lighting um Taking the costumes over there because it's a shop, it's dirty, even though you try to clean it as much as possible, it's still dirty. Right. And to take these costumes over there and put those through that and it just there again it was we didn't just discount it right away. I mean we really sat through it and looked at what the pros and cons were, you know, of trying to do something, you know, at that building in Iowa. Um and we just thought like it wasn't it wasn't gonna be worth it. And right. Have we looked at other venues in Iowa? I think there's a second part of your question. The answer to that is no, we have
0: not. Okay. Well, anything else you'd like to add that we haven't touched upon?
1: I don't think so, Sean.
0: Okay. Well, Brett, thank you so much for being a guest on QC Uncut again and again. I wish you guys the best as always. Uh, I very much admire you and Denny and all the hard work you put in and have put in over the years. And uh, I, I and I and so many other people are pulling for you guys and and you know hoping everything goes great for you in the future. Hey. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. and I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you for listening to QC Uncut. Uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. Um, I guess today was Brett Hitchcock. Make sure you hit up uh, Circa21.com. If you're looking for a Christmas gift for some folks, they've got gift cards there. And, um, you know, again, it's a great, great local venue, great local small business. So please support them. And thanks a lot for supporting us here at QuadCities.com with QC Uncut. I'm your host, Sean Leary. Hope you have a great day. Okay.